Welcome, everybody, to the fifth episode of Game Night. Man, we got to really work on these numbers because I think every time I have this issue. But regardless. <laughs> An <we're> episode. <laughs> Welcome to 2023, ladies and gentlemen. It is February 1st of 2023, but 2023 nonetheless. I'm one of your hosts, Jason Rose. As always, joined me, joined with me, not joined with me. You know what, Eric, go ahead. I'm very tired. <laughs> Conjoined twins. Uh, no, yeah, I'm Eric Kane. Uh, yeah, and this is game night. You're, yes. you're tired because of, of a new baby, which is which is awesome. Congratulations. I birthed the baby myself. Yes, yes. As we know, it's not easy to be a man when it comes to childbirth. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. Uh, baby number two came, which will be baby number last. And, yep, uh, same here. The girl. Bowie Delaray Rose was 9.1 oh. pounds last Sunday. And chunker. Uh, is a chunker. Yeah. Nine pounds. That's a big one. <laughs> give my give my sympathies to your wife. <laughs> well, it was a C section. Oh, that's right. That's right. You had a you, had, you guys did that. I forgot. <laughs> the last one was a uh, an emergency one, so mm. might as well just uh stay yeah. the course on that and and go from there. But yeah. Family, man, kids, they are the best of times. Sometimes they could be the worst of times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> getting that new schedule down is tough. Podcasting will be tougher. But mm -hmm. you know what? I am committed to making this work when and where we can. So we did. And here we yeah. are. Here we are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, we, we're, our kids are such different ages. It's funny. It's like, I'm like, well, my daughter's. You know, 15 and a half. She has a boyfriend. We're going to get her driver's permit today. Like, it's like such a different phase. I'm, I'm changing mustardy yellow CD diapers eight times yeah. a day. Yeah. Well, like different challenges, but still challenges. And I'm super, I'm super involved too. Like I, you know, not everyone, but I just, I wanted to be a part of it all and, and make yeah. it as easy for my wife as possible. So I changed Tons of diapers. I feed and burp and put baby to sleep, and we're doing it all together. Teamwork as makes you the should, dream work. as you should. Yes, teamwork makes the dream work. Um, I mean, otherwise you just miss all that stuff. I mean, and, and you got to kind of experience it all to get the full appreciation for your children and your family. So, yeah. So that's, enough that's, family. Let's talk about yeah. you. What's been oh, going me. on? Um, uh, well, 2023, uh, yeah. Crazy. The January is already over. <laughs> that kind of went yes. right by. I think we're old and we say this every episode, but I just can't I believe how quickly it goes. I know it's so fast. Yeah. I, I was, I got good and sick for like two weeks at the beginning of the year. So that was exciting. Um, and then, yeah, I've just been on my health kick, my, my fitness and, and sobriety and, uh, fucking just like exercising so much that it hurts uh but that's it's just what i do i guess go big or go home playing uh playing some games uh watching shows uh talking about the last of us a lot lately because obviously that's been that's been a big thing right now um on hbo and yeah just dealing with snow man we got 58 inches of snow in in january it's just insane so much shoveling so much yeah it's it's been wild <laughs> It's been and winter, I'm up in Canada, that's for sure. so I mean, I I share the weather. It's funny. I took two weeks off of work. This is my second week, and this has been the coldest, most snow we've gotten 
all winter. So I'm more than happy to be sitting at home. Yeah. Actually, I told my wife, I said, can I just retire? This would be great. <laughs> I'll stay home. We'll do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that would be nice. I, I keep thinking I need to find a sugar mama and I can be the, the, the house husband and just, you know, cook and clean and and then and just just be ready for her when she comes home from work. That whole thing she can she can provide. <laughs> I don't know why more men don't do that. <laughs> you got the looks, I'll tell you that. I got the pretty hair, anyways. I'll just, just be there in my apron, you know, making some. You gotta, some have, the, you gotta <laughs> have the dick, the dick game to match it. <laughs> well, we'll see. Right now, you know what? I'll I'll say this also. I really love being single. It's fantastic. So. Um, there, there are signs point to no, no changes in that department anytime soon. Also, well, I'll say this: it's, it's when you have a teenage, when you have teenagers, like your, your dating game is just is out is gone for a while. I think like it's, it just becomes very, very, very challenging. Not that I have any drive there, honestly. I'm just like I'm enjoying like playing video games with the boys and being like just single bachelor dude right now that's pretty awesome i don't remember that life yeah see see i that's my problem i spent i have had two major relationships in my adult life and now i am like yep i am just gonna do the the bachelor thing and enjoy the fuck out of it so you know that's where i'm and that it's great because i do have more time to do things like podcast like play video games, like I've been, we were doing a, a role, a Pathfinder role-playing game campaign right now, me okay. and some buddies, and that's really fun. Um, I noticed you've been writing, yeah. you've been uh, doing some more video work over on your sub stack. Yeah, yep, I do, well, I've been doing, man, I just, I have done a lot more, a lot of video content lately, and I've done a lot of, uh, I've just done, I've just been, you know, just working more. Uh, when I when I don't spend all my time playing Call of Duty, <laughs> just my current my current vice. <laughs> but that's good though. You know, I I think I mean we'll get going here in a sec. But I think with the health kick, it sort of just it, it gets that drive. Once the ball gets rolling, mm -hmm. you know, objects in motion stay in motion, right? Like I always Absolutely. found that in my life. When if you let yourself get bogged down, listen, there's a time for for feeling off and feeling poor, but you can't stay in that realm. You have to do things to shift yourself out of that. And you will quickly find once you push yourself, uh, maybe get outside your norm and, and work a little bit harder on whether it's not just work yourself and just change mm -hmm. something. Physi and I'll tell you as men, I mean, I, I'm not a woman. I can't attest to what works. <laughs> and I think that's an eternal question for men, but that's beyond the scope of this podcast. Uh, I think men, we have this need to like get this physical aggression. Like we yeah. feel much better if we've worked up a sweat and it's like, I think it's like a primal thing. And once that's out of the way, it's like, it frees our mind off of these things and away we go on our yeah. endeavors. And Absolutely. I'm glad to see it working for you. Yeah, no, it's great. I, you know, I've been mixing it up doing like a lot of weight training, a lot of cardio, a lot of yoga, and then just, you know healthier eating and the whole, the whole shebang. It, you feel like I, yesterday I was, I was sitting there with at dinner with my daughter and just, I just said, you know, I just feel so damn good right now. Like, awesome. I feel oxygenated. You know what I mean? I'm a little tired this morning. I'm trying to wake up, but um, I stayed up too late playing Warzone. <laughs> um, but sleep is still an issue for me, but yeah, I just felt like, I just, I was like, wow, I just feel like I can like really get like, like the, I could just feel the oxygen like coursing through my blood, you know, like 
so that's it's felt good and i i'm just i'm just like excited right now excited about that and just kind of like really i don't know yeah, last year was kind of a bust for me so this year i'm kind of you know i just want to kind of turn it around and just in all facets you know have have a good a good fun year play a lot of games live life that's kind of where i'm at well the first game night of the year uh is a great way to keep going on that process right so Let's before we get into the swing of video game stuff. Let's talk about the the TV event of the moment, which is The Last of Us. Yeah, uh, I've I've only man, I, I tried to get through the third episode. We fell asleep because I am watching this with my wife. Um, so I've gotten through the first two. Um, what are your broad thoughts, other than it being mm. awesome? Because it yeah, is it's awesome. great. Um, yeah, well, I can only imagine you guys are falling asleep during shows. I remember those days. Uh, yeah. Um, it is. It's 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 a really interesting adaptation for for a lot of reasons. There's there's so many. You no, know, obviously there's so many uh, video game to TV or video game to movie adaptations these days. Um, you know whether you're talking about like the more the more recent Resident Evil or uh, just a whole and and some of these are good and some of these are bad. And then there's you know video not just video game adaptations, but uh, you know Lord of the Rings adaptations. Will the new Willow series. And it seems like so many have forgotten what the source material even is. Whereas this game, or this show, I'm sorry, uh, I mean, it at times goes shot for shot, line for line from the game. And at times diverges enormously, like in episode three, which I know has been a controversial episode, uh, to, to tell a totally different story. And uh, I think it works really well. I think they've done a remarkable job so far. Um, it's... It captures that feel of the game really well, partly because of the music, I would say. You know, they use the same composer and soundtrack. Um, but also just the that, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I always compare things to Walking Dead because I watched and wrote about Walking Dead for so long. But it just captures that scope of it all. Like when, you, when they're walking through like the ruins of Boston and you see those like skyscrapers that have toppled yeah. over and you just really get a sense of this like, wow, this world has really fallen. And I love that. Well, it's amazing what, you know, following the source material of the thing that fans love and that you're mm-hmm. catering to this project, how much that works for you. I mean, I'm, again, we're relatively same age. We've seen the ups and downs of adapting video games to film or TV and the colossal failures. And almost every single thing or every single one of these have in common is they deviate wildly from the source material. Mm-hmm. And in any ways... In ways that don't need to happen. Like, obviously, there are times when that needs to happen. Of course. Like, uh, in The Last of Us, just, just to give you an example, I mean, you know this, but I, the cordyceps, the, the fungal virus, is now no longer spore transmitted. Mm-hmm. And I think that's entirely common sense reason in shows because you don't want to have your stars with masks on all the time. Well, especially when one of them is Pedro Pascal and he wears a friggin' helmet in his other show all the time. You know? Exactly. <laughs> and it's just, so that is a deviation that, I mean, isn't really all that different other than the, the gameplay aspect, which mm-hmm. is not present in the TV. But anyway. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a great example. I think also like, um, just the ways that they can explore other stories like episode three is, you you know, I know you haven't finished it, so I won't spoil anything, but as you know, that goes into the story of Bill and Frank and that Mm. that's not really a big part of the game. And uh, I like the idea that, yeah, you can, you can, you can also tell, tell these other character stories in new ways. Um, I think what's going to be really interesting though, and I've been, 
I've been making a couple videos about this in, on my YouTube channel, but um, The Last of Us Part Two is what they're going to base the second and possibly third season on. And in that regard, I wonder, like, because I didn't think that game was as good as the first one, but also I think yeah. it's a relentlessly bleak and depressing downer of a game. Whereas the first game was sort of hopeful and charming. It has glimmers. Yeah, like there's, 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 it's very bleak, obviously, but there's enough, like, like goodness and, and human connection. To humanity. And, yeah. And it, it, the, the first Last of Us is almost reaching out to you. Like, yeah. yes, they're in this world, but we're, we're still here. There's some of this here. And, but I agree I, I, with you with the second one. Well, that's why the third episode for me works so well, because this love story that they put in the third episode is that example of like, yes, there's still this hope and there's still this this possibility for, for good things to happen to people, even in the apocalypse. It doesn't have to be just this constant barrage of shittiness. And the second game is just that. It Right from the get-go is a constant barrage of shittiness to the point where by the end of that game, and obviously there were many things about that game that I did like and that, that they did do well, but by the end of that game, I didn't like anybody. And and I and I, I sort I of... I think that like, was a big problem. A huge problem. Um, and so I think that in order to... And I think audiences are not going to love that. And I think... So, so here's an example where I would say, I think the game needs to be changed pretty drastically for it to work on TV. Because if... I mean, I don't know. Like in The Walking Dead, you know, there's the, the famous Glenn scene where, where Negan kills Glenn yeah. by beating him to death in a horrific fashion. And then leaving his friends to 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 come back and get revenge and it's just so similar to to the last of us where abby beats you know obviously spoilers where abby beats joel to death and then leaves ellie and tommy alive to exact their revenge uh it's just like at that point in the walking dead it became so bleak and so hard to watch and to stomach that a lot of people just stopped watching and here we have that exact problem and right into season two of of the last of us and i don't know how they're going to reconcile that but uh, it'll be, it's worrisome. It'll be dependent on how they how they finish how the season progresses. Mm -hmm. um, and the one thing, talk about episode three, even though I haven't seen it. The great thing about, um, or the last, the first Last of Us in particular was the open ended nature to tell these stories. Like we knew Bill had the story through the, you know, the notes and things and his inference of yep. Frank before. It's Frank, right? Frank. Yep. Yes. Also, I mean, later in the season, a big, a big story that Last of Us fans have wondered about is Isha's story when they get to that aspect, and that's mm -hmm. after Pittsburgh, correct? I believe in the so. game, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I know you're you you had access to the first six episodes. Is it? I had access to the whole season, but I'm not watching oh. it all because I oh, want to. No, I so I'm watching it ahead, but not like way ahead. What one thing that I've done in the past is watch all the way ahead, and it kind of colors my ability to discuss I it. Can with, see that, you know, like well, or so like with House of the Dragon, I watched six episodes right away, and I feel like I didn't get, like I feel like it wasn't a show that was supposed to be binged. I feel like it was better watching it slowly, and it affected my enjoyment of it. So. This time around, I'm just going to watch a little bit ahead so that I can write my reviews and, and everything, but not so far ahead that I am outpacing everybody else. Mm -hmm. uh, I and then you look at, then it's hard to review episodes with the context of how exactly some of this the knowledge. Of, yeah. yeah. So I like going in with a little bit. I guess it just helps me 
write more honestly about each episode as it comes. I don't know. And and also it's just the, the other just sort of more logistical issue is if I watch nine episodes all at once, I'm not going to be able to remember which is which to no. write about as I go. So which is why, like, I never review Netflix shows the same. You know, if they drop 10 episodes, I'm not going to sit and write a review for each one mm-hmm. because they're all out already, you know. So it's yeah. But uh, but yeah, I am a little bit ahead. Um, and I, I also kind of want to go back and play, replay the game. I'm debating whether I should do that while I'm watching the show or not, because it has been a long, long time since I've played it. So one thing I will say, and and we'll get going on our episode after this, and I'll bounce it back to you in just a sec, but I, after the ending of episode two, where they actually fast-tracked the death of of Tess uh, in Mm. the show, you know, Mm -hmm. and this happens in the second episode, whereas in the game it sort of happens, I guess that's the culmination of the first act, I I suppose, Mm -hmm. would you say? I don't know, maybe. But if I look at that, I wanted to show my wife that scene in the game because I thought the the scene was much better acted in the game. Hmm, I thought the uh, especially the the showrunners Joel in the show has he he doesn't seem to really care about Tess whatsoever. Whereas hmm. in the game, yes, he is hard, but she they leave out the line where where Tess says, you know, there there has to be enough here for you to. Dude, they don't say that at all. Joel doesn't seem to show much of emotion in that scene at all, whereas in the game, he definitely shows glimpses of it. Ultimately, the the broad strokes are there, but if you, right. if you watch that, the the contrast of it, and I just thought the, the scene in-game was much more impactful. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to go and just pl- replay it. It has been a, a hot minute since I played that one. I, lo- I loved that game. I thought it was such a brilliant game. Um but there's always so much to play. Yes, there are. And this I, is, I never oh, this is always the, the uh, challenge. <laughs> the remaster. I, I wasn't going to buy it full price. Uh, yeah. I'll wait. Not because I'm cheap. I just I just didn't. I mean, I already played the PS4 remaster, which had more content. But right. anyway, that's a whole other. Well, this one is a remake. The newest one is not a remaster. It's an actual full remake. But, yeah, they called um, it a remake. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of remakes. Did... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say the dead. Sp- the next on my list is the Dead Space remake, which I um, I was going to play this weekend, but we had a family reunion, so I was out of town. Um, but that looks phenomenal. Like that, that we're going to have to talk about next. Well, let's next episode. We'll get into what we're playing. Well, let's fast track what we're playing right yeah. after. But um, why don't you tell people where they can reach us? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We should yeah. start doing that in these episodes. <laughs> we should. Uh, yeah, it's game night. Uh, dot substock. Dot substack.com, right? Game night, yeah. Game yes. night. Dot substack.com. Uh, that is where you will find our our the home of our podcast, but it's also, you know, on iTunes and Spotify and everywhere else. Yeah, we uh, have a YouTube channel that we haven't done a ton with, but I always include those links on the uh, in the episode information so you can see our lovely appearances in my or, disheveled appearance <laughs> uh, yeah um and then of course y- you can sign up to that Substack via email and have you know whether it's a podcast episode or like you posted a a, a discussion of god of war ragnarok's ending uh today on the Substack. and uh, yeah i i i, I kind of want to i'm sure we'll both write some more on top of our podcast content there so that that'll that'll be yeah i'm excited uh, it's an that'll be interesting yeah. Like I have like a 
a blog thing that I haven't touched. And it's more of a storage for a lot of the things that I used to write as mm-hmm. opposed to being an active thing. But now with the Substack, it's a great lot. Actually, and the first thing I, this is the first thing I've written in years. I mean, Eric and I sort of came into contact through games writing years and years ago, but I moved away from it. But I'll talk about God of War Ragnarok in a minute, but it was about actually how, how it's sh- how it's tell and not show approach uh, let down its major villains, yeah. And I think that that was a major issue in the game. But I'll let you read all about that when you so choose, and if you so choose. I've had such a hard time getting into God of War Ragnarok. I don't know what it is. I ended up going back and playing some of the older God of War games just for fun, and then thinking like, I wish there was a, a more like a, a, a more hybrid version of the two styles. Like oh, I love the story of God of War Ragnarok. And I, I love the, uh, the setting of God of War, the new God of War, but I, I just miss the, the, the fixed camera and the crazy arcadey action of the earlier games. Like they're just so fun. Like, and, the, and there's something about the new ones that I just don't find them all that fun. And I miss that. Like I love, again, I love the, the actors. I love the story. I, I think it's a great, um, I love the North setting of course, but, yeah, I just kind of wish you know we'd have those big the, the the sort of set pieces and the the weird camera angles and the the just shredding enemies right and left. It's I don't know, I don't know. I just yeah, I I love that old style God of War, and I feel like it's missing something now. Well, this is why I I, I need to do a, a spoiler cast. I have so much I want to talk about and <laughs> and not like people like sometimes use the word critique as a, a negative adjacent and it's not it's just no critiquing I, I i have things that i want to discuss and pick apart and and analyze with with somebody because uh, i just have so much to say and the gameplay is we've we touched on this before in our episodes how i felt that kratos didn't seem as powerful due to the nature of the new mm-hmm. combat and gameplay system but it there's more to it than that mm-hmm. uh, there's just more to it and like you I, I I loaded up God of War three. Uh, nice after after I finished because I'm like, like I I can't I I need to understand why I feel the way I feel because <laughs> I think the combat in Ragnarok is actually quite good. Yeah, but sure, it's great. It narrows what you can do and the destruction you can wreak. And I I load up God of War three, and yes, it's not as intricate with the the stuff, but the scale and mm-hmm. again just. I don't even like using the word fun in my descriptor for games a lot anymore because I just think games are so much more than that. But some games do can be wrapped up under that. And it, it's just more fun. Yeah. Yeah. I I was even playing uh, God of War Ascension, which I know got middling reviews, if I remember correctly. If I and want it, people to go back to that game. It's good. It's really good. I thought I was like, wow, this... I, rem- I remember liking this game. It's been years since I've played it, but this is really good and fun and gorgeous. I, I don't know, man. The graphics are extraordinary. Like for it's a PS3 game, game, holy crap. It's the best it's... looking game on the PlayStation 3 and by that proxy, likely the best looking game of that generation. It's doing some things visually that no other game is doing, like the Hecatonkeries fight at the beginning and then the battle with... Uh, I forget the final battle, but it has something to do with the... I, I forget, but I I know what I'm I'm trying to yeah. say. I just can't. But say just it, those but. those big battles, like those big boss fights and stuff in those in those older games. I mean, again, not to not to really dog on the new ones, but 
some of those are just such they're just so over the top you know and they're so huge and they, i just i don't know there's something really great about no about you're right this, and about i will dog on if, if, when and if we can have this discussion <laughs> this this foray into the norse pantheon and this reimagining and this one-shot camera I had this discussion with a lot of fans and a lot of fans had this worry in 2018 with the new God of War game that this pulled in camera mm-hmm. would lose the sense of scale and epicness mm-hmm. that God of War is known for. And everyone's like, you know, wait and see, you're jumping the gun. And I'll tell you, it it, it 100% suffered from that. Even in Ragnarok, with you, you should know what you're getting into with these fights. None of them come close to what God of War mm-hmm. 2, 3, or Ascension accomplish, especially with their boss fights and these greater set pieces. It's just not the same. Yeah, I, and, and not just boss, boss fights, but even just like like walking along the ledge yes. of a giant, you know, ruin. Like, you you get this pulled back view that shows you just the hugeness of, of where you're standing. And, uh, you know, and it's just, I don't know, there's something about that that, you, that everything does feel much more uh much smaller in in the new god of war games it does and nothing in there are moments in the finale which oh i won't even talk about it i have a massive issue (laughs) this game wraps up it's so bad and rushed but i won't spoil anything but there's some moments where they try to tackle that sense of scale but it's never the same like even there's the obvious moments in those greek pantheon games like the boss fights and stuff but even some of the, the in God of War 3, you waltz into this part of Mount Olympus where a titan, it's it's like the flame titan is scaling uh, Mount Olympus and um, Helios in his chariot is flying around, launching these fireballs at it. And you're, you're having your battles while this is going on in the background. Like, this is God of War 3. Yeah. This is two generations ago that did this. Ragnarok doesn't, Neither of these games, other than 2018's final boss fight, neither of these games approach that level of scale and just awe-inspiring thing mm-hmm. that, to me, is integral to what this franchise actually is. But anyway, yeah, and, and then it they do what they do well is the is the story of uh, you know of uh, of Kratos and um, boy. And that's wonderful. And I, but I think you could combine the two. I really do think you could combine that level of storytelling with the scope and approach of the older games. I would just be, I'd be fascinated to sort of see it in action if somebody could just like create a slice of God of War 2018 or Ragnarok, but with the fixed camera angle of an earlier God of War game and that sense of scope. I mean, it'd be really cool, but yeah, okay. So, anyways, what else have we been playing? That's, that's, what, that's what I'll just wrap up. That's what I've been playing. All it took me sixty hours to finish this game. I platinumed it. Wow. First platinum, booyah! And Damn. after this, I'd love to have a discussion with somebody. But that aside, I've now ventured into Crisis Core uh, Reunion Final Fantasy VII, which I loved on PSP. I still have my original copy, and it's exciting to see how like hard they went with this and how much of an upgrade it actually is so that's what i've been doing nice yeah i um let's see i played some forespoken i need to play more of that i don't like it very much racist yeah i know speaking of god of war david jaffe's uh stuff was 
was very silly. I couldn't believe it. I, just, I, I like him, but man, I, I just thought he was... I don't understand that. Like, it was such a straight... And then he like argued with everybody, including me, where he's like, I didn't say everybody... And it's like, well, your your tweet was pretty like, I'm going to buy this game out of spite to just to get to the racist. Like and, and it's like, as we know, there are actual racists out there and actual misogynists and actual homophobic people. You don't need to throw everybody under the bus... Like literally, and this, what's so weird about this one is that like, this isn't even like a games media versus gamers issue. Forspoken has gotten shit reviews, you know, despite having a black female protagonist, the games media has not like just championed this game. They're like, no, a lot of, you know, there, there are obviously positive reviews also, but overall I would say that the, the consensus is this game is poorly written. It has bad cringy dialogue and it looks like shit. And it does. It looks like. And aside from that, it's uh, like I played the demo and I didn't hate it, but it definitely was underwhelming. But that gameplay should have been an, a home run, and that's what everyone last week. Mm-hmm. We knew the 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 dialogue and the character. This isekai approach was, you know, what comes with that. I'll tell you, people would have been able to forgive that if they nailed the gameplay, which oh yeah, been. it has all these epic attacks, and you see it, and you're like. Okay, this is gonna be great, and it's not great. It's convoluted it's and hard to use, and not rewarding. I yeah, it it feels really bad. It just I'm really picky with combat too, so I guess maybe because like you know, for me, like games like The Witcher are wonderful, but I'll always have a bone to pick with the combat, and uh, and I think that's just such an important part of an action game. Uh, and this is you know, this is a, I mean, this is an action fantasy game with all these cool spells but they just feel like just they're just so hard to actually use accurately and they feel floaty and it just is not a satisfying experience and and yeah so like yes it i mean i could i wouldn't even care about the graphics i wouldn't care that much about i just changed the language of the dialogue so i didn't have to hear what they were saying easy no problem but if the if the gameplay itself you know, is it, and again, and, and again, like some of it's all right. Like the movement stuff is good. Like I like how you it can move really quickly in an open world. Yeah. It's really cool. I can think of other but than, where do you have to go. You just go to the yeah. next boring fight. Like good. I can run over here and get into another crappy encounter. Yeah, I just, other than yeah. Infamous second sons. Oh yeah. That was good. When you, when you got the neon powers, uh, that was just awesome. That was so awesome. Yeah. yeah, Infamous does movement really well for sure. Uh, boy, I haven't like, played that in a while. I think those combat issues in Forspoken, I, I don't like. Listen, I'm not a game developer, but like a lot of this stuff just seems like easy fixes. Yeah, um, being able to map two attacks from a magic uh, stream or or vein on it at the same time instead of forcing me to only pick one. And it's like yes, it's very odd. Well, there's odd, just a- odd design decisions. You could just have like so many games have, you know, stuff mapped out to the D-pad and then you have, you can press like L1 and have four more things mapped out to the D-pad. Then you got eight things mapped out at once that you can, and then you have your buttons. So you could easily have this system where you could much more quickly like switch between spells. It's just so ungainly and awkward. Yeah, it's bad. (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to hold off, obviously. It is a game that I was into, though. Uh, I hopefully they patch it. They've put enough money into this game where I don't think they'll leave it alone. Uh, if they can fix some of these design decisions and patch a few of the things, it'll be worth a budget purchase, I think. 
yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it could be fun. Uh, another one that that I've been playing. Speaking of like mapping different powers and stuff, I played a I played a preview build of Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Oh, which is the follow up to Neo. Yes, I need to, I need to write the, about that. It's in the the Three Kingdoms era. Like that's the yeah. mythology that takes over. Yeah, it's from and it's from the same developers of of Neo, and it feels so. Man, I there's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I'm just getting old and and I just. But it's it's so these games are so challenging, um, and I they're more challenging than Souls games. There's more challenging than Souls games. Neo was at first before they patched it during its alpha phase was so much harder than Souls games. I feel I, like at the time, yeah, at the time I think I had more patience for that. But as I've played so many of these now, I think the novelty of that like super challenging Souls like game has worn off on me. I still love Souls games, but I love them not so much for the challenge, but for the the full package of what a Souls game brings to the table, like the exploration and the the cool weapons and like in a Souls game, if you find a weapon, it's like a special weapon usually. Now this sword is different. Yeah, there's obviously there's some like basic weapons too, but you'll find this this sword and this you know like the Baldur's side sword in Dark Souls, which is a super rare drop. It is a unique sword. It, it It is the only sword that does exactly what it does. And what I didn't like about Neo as much was that its loot system was much more like a Diablo game where you'd find tons and tons of different kinds of the same yeah. weapon. And it makes none of them feel unique. And so... It devalues the entire system they're going for. It was a, exactly. my biggest problem with Final Fantasy Strangers of Paradise as well, other than the the shitting of the origins of this pillar franchise, but nonetheless, <laughs> it's just that all yeah. this stuff in, and none of it matters. Right. You just hit, it's it just, you cheapen everything that you're doing. And some people love that. I think the Diablo crew, you know, if you, if you're into Diablo or that like loot really like De- destiny or whatever, those loot heavy games where you're just constantly replacing upgrading and it's just a numbers game, but I don't like that. And, and I think my problem with Wolong dynasty fallen dynasty, um, is that while it's it's clearly a, going to be a good game, um, it's very much like Neo in in every respect. You know, you're you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of the same sort of combat mechanics, a lot of the same looting mechanics, uh, a lot of the same sort of using a spirit animal type uh, assistance or whatever, or like powerful summons, um, and really 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 hard bosses. And I just found myself playing it and thinking, you know, I don't know if I have it in me to play this to play this game. Like I, pl- I played for a while and I got my ass kicked and I figured out how to how to beat the tough bad guys. And I was like, well, this is just kind of I'm just feeling kind of like this is a chore. Um, so did you say more, it's an over the Neo games other than visually, I, obviously? I don't know if I played enough of it. Honestly, visually, it feels very similar. I didn't feel like it was a big upgrade there. Um, it feels so similar to those games. You have, I, th- I think right off the bat, at least with the preview build, you had a lot more choices of character build, how that build, um, like the powers you start with and whatnot. So I think there's going to be more variety. Whereas in like, especially in the first Neo, which I played a lot more than the second one, you're kind of stuck with like a starting character and then you can kind of expand from there. Um, but I feel like it's very much, it's just an, it's like Neo three in a lot of ways. So if you love Neo, uh, I think you're going to love this one. And if you don't, you won't. 
<laughs> I mean, again, I played like an hour a preview build, so there's only so much I can glean from that. But I sort of felt like when I, because when I started Neo 2, I felt the same way. I felt like, okay, I just don't know if I'm in, for whatever reason, you know, I play Elden Ring and I enjoy every second of it. I play uh, Sekiro or Bloodborne or any of those. I enjoy every second of it. But with the Neo games, I feel like it's almost just punishing rather than fun and more of a chore rather than uh, an experience that I really am enjoying. And so, and this is kind of where I'm at with the Wolong. Uh, I think it, I think it's going to be a good game, but I just don't know if it's for me. Makes sense. It's fine. I, I was actually looking forward to that because I love that um, time period. I've read all the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, you know, massive tomes. Yeah. Um, and I just grew up loving that and those games. So that's sort of what drew me back in. But it's a fantasy saying, game, though. It's demons and monsters yeah. and all that. You know, it doesn't really feel really no, like. Well, I know. It just sort of adopts it with the, the yeah. that, that coat of paint and those characters and then puts it with the demons. I don't know. Hopefully they give me a demo or something. I'll, I'll play that and see. Yeah. Well, you can always buy it on Steam and then return it after before you use two hours up if you don't like Could it. Could do that. I, get I mean, I think it. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be uh, – I, I also – okay, another thing that I found is that it's just visually difficult for me to follow sometimes. And again, maybe this is just that I'm getting older. But like in a in a game like Elden Ring or something, I feel like I, I can see everything I need to see. But in this one, there's just so much going on. It feels so busy that I'm not sure like – and maybe I just need to play it more. But I just felt like in some encounters like with harder harder bad guys – I wasn't really sure, like, okay, is like, like, like looking at their health bar versus other bars, and there's just so much, so much visual noise that it was a little hard to follow, and that made me feel a little more, um, I don't know, like I, I, I didn't have as much control over what I was doing as I wanted. That might just be something you pick up as you go, though. So, okay, yeah. Is that all you got? Um, Forspoken. I played a bit of this game called Shatterline on Steam, which is a free-to-play shooter that I thought was kind of fun. Um, kind of like a Call of Duty-ish hero shooter, uh, which is worth trying out because it's free. Had some really weird performance issues, though, because until I turned on Vertical Sync, which lines up your, your frame rate with your monitor, it was just like the worst performance I've ever had in a video game. And I have a really good computer. So that was weird. But that's a fun one. I definitely uh, recommend checking that one out. Um, I got, I did get a new monitor for my computer, which oh is this 27-inch uh, um, 2K LG OLED monitor. Very fancy Neat. and uh, gorgeous. So that's fun. Um, and yeah, that's, I think, that, I mean, I've played other stuff. I played some Cult of the Lamb catching up on that oh, yeah. one it's really cool it's like uh if you it's like the the rogue light you know like hades where you go into the dungeon and you fight yes. a bunch of monsters and but then you you like as you beat bosses and mini bosses they turn into cultists that you bring back to your cult and you assign them jobs oh, yeah. like like farming or mining and you have to keep them happy so it's kind of like one of those games like a civilization game where you have to keep your people happy uh keep them fed you have to pick up their shit uh, <laughs> uh, you have you you can like do sermons and have uh, all these different like religious culty things that you do to boost morale, and then you go back into the dungeon, you go fight, 
you you go get loot and you come back out and it so it's that kind of two two part game uh really cool art style um it's got a real sense of humor to it with this like goofy these goofy animals but it's like very dark you know so there's sort of like this weird juxtaposition of very like dark with like a lamb (laughs) you know uh so if you like hades and you like games where you have to kind of manage your you know your resources and build buildings it's a great little combination of both those things so i i really enjoy it and you gotta like lambs yeah you definitely have to like lambs or lamb meat one or the other like that i like yeah lamb's delicious actually i'll add one little we don't have to go into it but i i finally have used my steam deck when i was in the hospital and i'm carrying that over i played ori in the blind forest Nice, I'm that's a great that. game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one thing I will say on Steam Deck is, even though the screen is more than adequate for a portable, the main character is is oh, quite small. yeah, a little small. So I got to be close with these old man mm-hmm. eyes to really get. And that game can be challenging. So it's very challenging. Yeah, yeah. I I need to play more. I I imagine that any game that use it that either has a lot going on on the screen or that has small stuff was is going to be a challenge. Um, like like any sort of maybe like strategy games or you know where you have a lot of smaller pieces uh yeah i boy it sure is better than the switch though what little i've played still Absolutely. it's not even close i just can't stand that stupid switch Sticky I, switch. I, I hate it i think it's a terrible console now i liked it at first but man it's really it's shown its age you and me both you and yeah. me both so uh i i noticed you you added um, you want to talk about the E3? Uh, oh yeah, this year. Let's let's move that up the slate before we go. Yeah. Well, actually, real quick, um, our game recommendation, which seems eternal at this point, is Tunic. We're gonna I keep throwing that forward sh- here. Sh- should we maybe? I thought maybe we could insert a new game recommendation here since we kind sure, of fizzled ahead. on that I'm one. All for that. Well, since I really want to play the Dead Space remake, I thought maybe that would be a fun one to talk about, especially since it's new and and it looks okay. like it might be a fun thing to talk about also because um, remakes can be such a hit or miss thing, right? But this one has gotten really, really rave reviews, and I do love the Dead Space games. I haven't I, played the I've, first Dead Space since the year it came out. I, right, me, I, me either, honestly. Like, it's been so long. So that would be a fun one, I thought. I tend to always get... It's funny, I used to love Resident Evil games, especially when they initially came out, and survival horror games, but I have moved off that genre so much, and it's not Mm -hmm. because I don't want to play them, it's just there's other games I want to play more. And I'll be honest, I may look like this big, burly guy. I get a little scared from these games sometimes, so I I can shy away from them. But this will get me to play it. Sure, let's do that. Dead Space it is. I wish there was like a drug you could take to like make yourself have the brain of like a 10 year old and then play the game so that you got really scared again, but then you could just turn it off when you're, when you're done. <laughs> we, we watched, we were watching the show from, uh, which is this really, really creepy, scary show, but I didn't know how scary it would be. So I watched it with my kids and my 12 year old who watches all kinds of stuff is not at all numb to anything, but he was so scared and he had trouble sleeping that night. And I remember, and I thought back and I was like, you know, it's kind of fun when you get really scared watching sure. a horror movie or really scared. But yeah, I love it. I love it when something actually scares me. When a game scares me, like uh it is rare, but it it's it's such a it's such a I like being creeped out by those things. That's the point of them, right? That's why I never it like is, try to restrict my kids watching stuff like that. Like you're supposed to get scared. It's fun. You know. It's a primal uh, feeling. It's 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 the point of the games too. Exactly. I mean, 
it's it's all in capacity. And I think, yeah, let's move forward to game re- recommendation. It's probably a testament that we're carrying forward that Tunic didn't yeah. grab as much as, as it should have. I still think yeah. it, it's a good game with, with something there to offer. And and maybe it's just the, the where I am at yeah. and what I want to do. But it just wasn't something that I didn't... It Basically, when I finished God of War Ragnarok, I thought I would want to play Tunic, and I didn't. So Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Yeah, some of those games, like some of those more indie games like that, that are, you know, very, uh, that emphasize art style and have great music and all that can really suck me in. And for whatever reason, Tunic, I played for a while and I was just like, yeah, I'm really, really just not feeling this game right now. So I'm yeah, sure it's not a bad game, but yeah, it was just not, not grabbing me. Okay. So cool. let's get into E3, this new uh, yeah. announcement or rumor, I should say. We'll see. Well, E3 has been on the decline for a while, as we all know. There was the, the sort of the one of the nails in the coffin was that huge leak of everybody's personal information uh, a couple years ago. And then, of course, the pandemic really uh, made E3, you know, it wasn't able to, to be in person. And now it looks like all three of the console manufacturers will not be present at E3, which begs the question, like, what is the point of E3 exactly if all the major publishers are not going to really be there? Um, so yeah, I mean, what, what do you, why do you think this is happening? What, what's motivating this decline? Well, the decline, I mean, like, as you said, it, it, it has been coming in the, in the number of years, ESA greed, uh, money. Uh, and it's funny as much as I, I look back at the time when they opened it more to the public and I advocated that as being a good thing. I think it just made these shows less relevant with the ever-changing landscape uh, to these places. But I actually, in terms of from my preference and how games are given to us and how hype is built, I'm saddened because I don't think anything that's happened since the downfall of E3 in terms of PlayStation showcases, Nintendo Directs, or Xbox, whatever the hell you want to call them, None of them come close to matching that spectacle and that hype machine that, you know what, this is supposed to be a hobby of fun sometimes. And that, and I, I, nothing was better than seeing, you know, all these people and these massive trailers and the show that they would put on and these surprises. Mm-hmm. It's just not there anymore. And, and that makes me sad. I agree with you. Um, I only went to E3 once and it was a year that it was open to everybody, which... I hated because everything was absolutely just ridiculously crowded everywhere. Um, I had press access, but it was still like literally almost impossible to move through some of those mm-hmm. uh, those areas. Um, I but I saw I went to at the time they were still having Xbox and Sony showcases. There was a big Bethesda showcase. I went to all of those, and and they were awesome. Like I really enjoyed like these huge shows that they put on uh, especially Sony's was really really great um, they had you know live music and such a spectacle and um, Nintendo didn't have they just had their direct but they did have a big like section of the show floor marked off that was really cool uh, and I yeah I think that you have now like you say like you say like there's like there's still Nintendo directs they still have the you know these annual Xbox showcases there's still all that but none of them are really like that big of a deal 
It's like we no. get too many updates, and a lot of the <laughs> updates don't have very much. Yeah. So we have the Game Awards now, which seems like the only thing all year where we're, where you're kind of looking forward to kind of an event where they're going to show a lot of stuff off. And that's cool that we have that. But that's also timed really well to be about six months after E3. And Games Awards were, they were like the, they, they were hand in hand with E3. Just right. like you said, they still existed while E3 was prominent. And it was like the pickup, like. What didn't mm -hmm. make it into E3 to do time constraints, whatever, we would get that secondary hype burst, which would carry us through the winter. And, you know, by the time you seem to be running out of that juice and disappointed by all the inevitable delays, E3 would be coming right around the corner. So your favorite games would get those teasers again. So, right. yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's just there's this big gaping hole for me anyway. I know some people won't miss it in terms of that. I definitely will. And this... For whatever reason, I, I just think it's purely monetary uh, business-like. And I also think it's a little bit of a comeuppance for the ESA for what they stuck yep. the manufacturers and developers with all those years and years uh, to attend this, what they viewed and what was a must-be-at an event. Yeah. But it is no longer. So why be there? Yep. I also thought like the like it was kind of absurd that all the different publishers would have such like when I went to the Bethesda thing it was fun they had a really cool setup and and then they and then their announcements were just so meager yeah like they went to all this expense to have this big thing for press and everything and then their announcements were just so thin so I I thought at the time you know really we should just have the big three and all the smaller publishers should just do their stuff during oh, these three. Yeah. yeah, like if you're publishing a game and you have a partnership with, with Xbox, you you show your thing at the E3 Xbox showcase. Um, but yeah, now it feels like we're getting more, like everything's become online streaming, trickle, trickle, trickle of of announcements and news that are also, that are spread out and less exciting. And, and I think that like the fact that a lot of the Xbox showcases we've seen, for instance, have been so disappointing that people are just not even tuning in that much anymore. There's yeah. just very little excitement or hype around it. And I feel like, yeah, from a from a business perspective, it might not have made sense anymore to, to attend E3. But at the same time, like they need to have something where they can still showcase their upcoming games in a way that that gets people talking and gets people jazzed. Because you're right, like it is it is about having fun and being excited about stuff. And no, I know uh... where is that? People can, and I'm not, I hate reaction videos. I hate all that stuff. It's so fake across the totally. internet. I don't, I still don't understand how these, I mean, people do them because they get the views and the clicks, yep. but I don't know how anyone can fall for this stuff and think it's genuine other than the odd few. But I always go back to that game trailers, uh, the E3 of Dreams with the Final Fantasy VII Remake and The Last Guardian and seeing those guys over there again rarely do i enjoy that stuff but seeing that genuine hype uh, yeah it kind of captured how i felt about a lot of this stuff too so that's gonna be all gone like it's yep. i'm sorry like a, a state of play from playstation is not exciting even if the the trailers in there are great or the news is great it's just not it just seems so corporate yeah and it was always corporate but it didn't it didn't always feel as corporate i think also like it. yeah the you know, there's something you know, we're entering the streaming era, but there's something to be said about having live events that are also streamed. You capture a different feel, you know. And that's this this last Game Awards was really good overall. I I thought. Yes, it was. 
And it would be so much less good if it was just an online thing. You I know, agree. even though no, most people energy. aren't there, yeah, it's it's there's something about you know the shots panning to the people you know who are in the game, who made the game, and the audience clapping, you know, and something about even the cheesy, corny stuff that happens in these shows that that is just a little more real and a little more I don't know, maybe nostalgic, maybe uh, it's just human. It is a more human experience. Yeah. And yeah, we're I, thank God we have <laughs> the Game Awards. Yeah, I have to say, it is the only thing. It would be very sterile, and I just... I don't know, man. Like, it's its its going to be missed for me. Uh, some of the those moments at E3, I mean, I don't want to rehash them, but we all know what we're talking about when we say them. They're still wonderful memories for me, and I can go back and look at some of these trailers, and I just... And some of, them, some of these trailers that were shown don't work without the crowd. Like, I remember right. the Arkham Knight... Uh, showcase trailer where Scarecrow interrupts this footage uh, to talk directly to the audience yeah, and say what you want about that game but that that entire trailer was incredible because of that right right because you cannot replace a live audience with just streaming and this is one of the things that you know Nintendo Directs are cute and everything but not having a live audience definitely sucks a little of the life out of them they're so boring yeah, like, oh, they are boring. I mean, at, t- at times they still show cool stuff, but... Yeah, the uh, stuff yeah, can the, be the, cool, but they're just boring. It's like these just very reserved Japanese mm-hmm. personas get up there and, you know, please enjoy. And it's just like, I'm not watching this. I'll just click through the trailers after. Right. Exactly. I've stopped watching all that stuff, really. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just, yeah, I, I uh, the, the as we enter the streaming era, as we enter, you know, everything going that direction, it's... It's kind of hard to know where it's all going to go. Uh, there's also like the, the the new reliance on influencers and the big Twitch streamers and and all that. And you were you know I was seeing that happening even in the live shows where they'd have super awkward, cringy moments with like influencers in the live show. And and it's yeah, it's a brave new world. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm glad that there's still things like GDC and all the other shows, but none of them had that like big live, these big live showcases where everybody around the world could watch and, and be part of that. I remember what I was going to say when I last time I talked, it was a celebration of our industry that yeah. I just don't, other than, you know, the game awards is now that, but I felt like E3 was that on a bigger scale because it was hosted by the actual people that make the video games for the most part and now that's gone and it's good yeah again i have said it like three times now but it's it'll be missed for me Mm -hmm. yeah it's sad so i don't exactly need a break but for the sake of our musical intermission do you need a break eric I mean, I could take. We could either do a, a break or we could finish with the music. Um, but I'm I'm down for a short break if we want to do that. Well, let's do the. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm short, sort of tight for time. So, but I, yeah. I do want to have this the the musical intermission in in the middle here. So why don't you go ahead and introduce your selection? Okay. Uh, for this episode. Yeah, this is uh, so one of my favorite soundtracks of all time is actually The Witcher Two. Uh, I think The Witcher 3 has beautiful music, but there's something about The Witcher 2 that really just does it for me. And so this is the main title, Assassin of Kings. And uh, if this doesn't sort of bring back memories or evoke images of battle and, and fire and blood, I don't know what will. So, yeah. And Witcher this is 2. the main theme, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. 
Please enjoy, everybody. We will be right back. Welcome back to game night, ladies and gentlemen. Our break is over. And uh, yeah, I think I was going to recap our 2022, but since we're a month removed, I think that's old. It's old yeah. news. Let's roll right into 2023 real quick. Um, as a side note, we are going to um, hold off on our, our really question mark, really exclamation point uh, segment for this year, uh, for this episode anyway. I did have a couple, um, like the limited run games firing and, and a couple other things. But yeah, let's, uh, for the sake of time and brevity, let's hold that off the next episode. Cool. Yeah. So it's what's what the upcoming 2023, I guess we could look closer at. Yeah. What's like just upcoming... some things to stand out uh, to you uh, yeah. across the board. 
good, bad worries or predictions? Uh, the floor uh, is yours. Well, I'm, I think that this month, anyways, we've got a big sort of tentpole gaming moment approaching with the release of Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, that's going to be interesting on so many levels um, beyond whether or not it's a good game just because it's become such a cultural hot-button topic with the whole J.K. Rowling and uh, issues. Um, so I'm really looking forward to just sort of seeing what what unf- unfolds with that game, with the with the critical and gamer re- reception of that game, whether whether it's fun. I hope I hope it's a good time. I love you know I love Harry Potter, so I'm absolutely excited to actually get a really trip you know full-fledged triple a harry potter game um and that's you know that's just right around the corner that's that's i don't remember the exact release date but that's coming out in a couple weeks here yeah i'm in uh all this negative (laughs) well i shouldn't even say i i I know the vast vast majority of people are anticipating this game i think it's the most pre-ordered game uh especially in the first quarter it definitely is yeah Uh, whether it performs well or not, I, I don't really care. I pre-ordered it mostly because of that, and I'm not even really into Harry Potter like that, but I do think the game looks good. Yeah, uh, it looks fun. Like, if they deliver on what they're promising in these trailers, I think it's going to be nothing short of a great game. Uh, I am, like you, I'm curious to see, not that it matters for the most part, but I am curious to see how Games Media handles the review process for this. I'm sure they have a lot of... Uh, sleight of hand tricks planned for this stuff but oh yeah or this game i should say yeah um yeah so that's that's the 10th actually i just looked up that release date okay uh so that's really soon that's less than two weeks that's just mm-hmm. nah, yeah um let's see uh what else Boy, I'm, I'm, my mind is devoid at the moment i know right well there's the new um the new uh, Star Wars, Star Wars Jedi Survivor game, which was just pushed back a few weeks, right? Into April, right? Late April. Yeah. Uh, yep, and that looks great. I, I, I hope that's awesome. Um, there's, God, what else is there? <laughs> there's a lot. Oh, no. I just can't think of any of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I'm definitely looking towards uh, Street Fighter Six. Oh, yeah. on the horizon. I'm a big Street Fighter guy, even if I have less and less time to play fighting games. It's been like one of my number one uh, franchises, even if I wasn't into five much at all. Uh, yeah, I really wasn't. I, I I just didn't find it enjoyable really to play. Uh, I didn't. I just think in today's modern era, Capcom has failed Street Fighter hmm. in the respect that you need substantial offline and single player content in the, and it can't just be like a, a totally. training mode or an arcade mode. Nether realms yeah. sell the most, not because they're the most, um, you know, uh, what am I looking for? Um, competent gameplay wise or their frame data and, and systems are the deepest. No, they sell the most because they appeal to the casual audience. And I say mm-hmm. casual, not in a negative one, just, the people that know aren't going to tune into Evo or go online and be, you know, uh, versus warriors online uh, and take guys down there. You need something right. else. Me, to grab basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, six is doing that. It's actually bringing forward what I can't believe they left behind in street fighter alpha three, that RPG mode, which was mm. awesome. And that's a PS one game. 
And then they just never did it again. I, I didn't really understand it. I know it costs money to do these things, but uh, Street Fighter was big enough to, to, to serve uh, both ends of the spectrum. And I leaving that behind is sort of cost this franchise that people i think people mm -hmm. see not that i think i know they see street fighter as this massive um franchise and it is but if you look at the sales numbers they're dwindling uh it's 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 a lot less than people would think and there's no reason for that especially with the resurgent capcom over the last um seven right. years i guess i think they know what they've done wrong they've changed directors now ono's out of the picture and I think this game's on the right track. They've left behind the big feet uh, art <laughs> of four yeah. and five, and and they're they're coming into the modern era, which and, and adopted. I'm I'm excited for it, big time. Yeah, and that's in June. Um, mm -hmm. Some other big ones coming out. Uh, we've got uh, Redfall from. Uh, Do you think that from, looks good? I, I can't tell yet. I mean, I I like the developer. They make a lot of great Me games. Too. Uh, but it's not really co-op. That kind of game is really not my cup of tea. Yeah. But it could surprise us. Um, I just, I don't know. Yeah, not not nothing's leaping out at me as like really awesome yet with that one. What about Atomic Hearts? Yeah, that looks really interesting. Um, so different. Looks super weird and zany and the music's wild. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I'm excited for that one. That one, when is that? Is that March or is that this month? That's February. That's February. Uh, let's yeah, see. February's a a busy month. I'm just it going a busy through it here. I pulled uh -huh. up the list. Um, um, Octopath Traveler 2, that's more of a game for me. Yeah. Returnal, <laughs> Returnal comes to PC. That's pretty cool. Have you... Now, did you play Returnal? I know we talked about it before. Yeah, I, I didn't I, beat it, but I played I played some of it. It was, it was okay. fun. It was I cool. love it. It was so yeah. good. Um, good the new Destiny expansion. <laughs> I haven't played Destiny 2 in so long. The Last of Us comes to PC in March. Just leaked the, uh, you just leaked the PS Plus games for February, correct? Yeah, they should have announced that by now. Let me see. And uh, Destiny 2 is one of them? Is that what you said? Uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light is one of them. Yep, the leak okay, is yes, right. Yeah. Evil Dead the game, Ollie Ollie World, Mafia Definitive Edition, which was really good, and Destiny mm -hmm. 2 Beyond Light. Uh, yeah. Um, the new Zelda is coming out in May. Is it dope? Well, it says it is. <laughs> I know they, they plan, but I, I don't... I think there's been some recent musings that people don't think... Well, I heard one rumor that Nintendo's slate after this Zelda game is pretty barren. And yeah. that's why they've been mum on everything, but that's Nintendo for you. Uh, I don't know if this... I don't know if um, Tears of the Kingdom will make 2023. Did you like Breath of the Wild? I did. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I know it was did a very... Breath of the Wild? Um, I did love Breath of the Wild. Actually, I thought it was such a, an interesting game. Uh, I loved, I loved how they, um, I loved how they changed. I, I loved how they changed Zelda for and did something different. That that was. I, I I loved their approach to open world. I loved I loved the fact that you could climb everything. I mm -hmm. loved the fact that you, if you were wearing metal, lightning could strike you. Um, I I enjoyed the exploration a lot. Like I I remember just like coming across this giant sleeping and I thought it was so cool. Um, but I missed a lot of things from previous Zeldas, like the big detailed dungeons and, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So I really, I think that I would love to see a breath of the wild open world Zelda game that 
really had awesome detailed dungeons and and stuff you might find in, in earlier like Ocarina of Time or some of those some of those games. Um, yeah, and that's I respect the attempt to not attempt it was a successful endeavor I should say to adopt this open world and make it a a Zelda thing. But that's not why I like Zelda. Uh, right. It for went these aspects that I loved like the dungeons and although the stories were never super intricate, there just wasn't a lot there for it. I, yeah. And I'm afraid that because of the reception of breath of wild, that's just what they're going to try and make Zelda to be now. We'll see. I don't know. Uh, I hope not. I, I don't think so. Just be, well, I mean, maybe for a minute, but they, they're always changing. Like despite Nintendo clinging to its old franchises forever, they, you know, Zelda is so radically different from one to the next in so many ways, you know, like it is. W- Wind Waker compared to, you know, Skyward Sword or, or whatever, Twilight you know, Princess, they were, yeah. Twilight Princess, you know, they, they've, um, Mask of Majora, like so many different approaches to Zelda. And yeah, now we're getting a direct sequel, which is a little unusual, but I do think that they'll go back to a more classic Zelda, but maybe they'll, they'll mix it up and, and have, you know, more of an open world approach I think that would be really cool if they could do something like an open world approach like Breath of the Wild, but have really great intricate dungeons and maybe, maybe not quite so open world, you know, like maybe, maybe have open, open areas that then unlock to other areas as you, as you traverse dungeons, you know, but keep that kind of ability to explore, climb mountains. Uh, There was a lot going for that game, but I definitely missed the cool puzzly dungeon things. I didn't really care for those little, the little mini puzzle, um, no. arena Me things. That they I, did. I found them irritating after yeah. the initial, um, yeah. somewhat charm. They just became a nuisance. Yep. Yep. They really, they really, they dropped the ball in, in terms of the puzzling and the dungeon, dungeon delving for sure. But yeah, I loved parts about it. I loved some things about it, and I really enjoyed playing it. I, I sure don't love the Switch. Have I mentioned this? <laughs> it's a recurring thing. I just wish that I, you know, I wish that a game like that could be on a console that could run it really well. And I'm really, I'm yes. worried about Tears of the Kingdom's performance on Switch, of course, because just, Breath of the Wild had performance issues. Yeah, so. and that was years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah, I and that's the that is the elephant in the room that I think a lot of Nintendo fans don't want to talk about. They'll claim all day long that it doesn't matter. Yeah, but it, which is bullshit. The graphics matter. don't matter that much, but performance does. And yeah, uh, if it's not performing at a steady frame rate, and if, if it's not living up to its potential, then the game is suffering, and that's just an that's just a disservice to the game and to the people who make it and the people who play it and. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah. Um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. The recent news, that's that's one I want to ask you about. Uh, the the That leak happened where it's adopting that, almost that Gotham Knight UI with all these currencies that you can buy into. It's that live service element in a single player game, which everyone hates. That was the downfall of Avengers. Yeah. And, and other things. And I just... No wonder we haven't seen this game in action. Right. Like, I don't think people realize that, you know, I mean, first, it's been a really fucking long time since Rocksteady has released a game, Arkham Knight. Right. And what was that? Like, when was that? 20, 
15 maybe 2015 tw- yeah 2015 that's what Something it was like that i think it was yeah. 2015 yeah which was i had such mixed feelings about that game too yeah i i it did away with again people talk about oh the batmobile the problem was the batmobile the batmobile was awesome it was the bat tank and what was the designing missions? It was the, the missions, missions that were the batmobile yeah yeah, like everything that we loved about these internal environments and, and skulking around as Batman was done away with to accommodate this this mm-hmm. bat tank. But in terms of incorporating the Batmobile and tra- you know traversing Gotham City in the scale yeah. was great. That was and incorporating cool. it in the combat and being able to I could be on top of a building and do like a, a death dive and just call my car and jump right in and away we yeah. go. That's awesome. super cool. But the mission structure around the, the Batmobile and the Bat Tank was all bad, and and the bot it sacrifices the boss fights, which were awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, Rockstar, we have not seen any gameplay from Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, and yeah, I just have one. such skepticism, and you know, like there was what was the recent um, DC game? Uh, yeah, I didn't even play it. No. I, and I it's funny play. because I think I like um, Arkham Origins from WB Montreal. I actually think is low key one of the best Arkham games. They just didn't have the it's a good game. Yeah, they they didn't have the uh, development time like Rock City would have mm-hmm. with their entry, so it was slightly unpolished. But it, it did so many game. things really well. It was the first like accessible Batcave where you could come and go. Um, Alfred was there. You could talk with them. It was the first. Uh, Arkham game to have fast travel. Yep. Uh, it had the best bosses. It had the best DLC. It also had the until Arkham Knight came along and had the best like detective aspect where you could investigate mm-hmm. and, and do these things. So I think it had so much going for it. And then Gotham Knights came along and the how they were trying to sell the story made no sense. And then here we are with this game which runs like shit plays like shit mm-hmm. and it's slow and yeah i think suicide squads on and i'll be honest the suicide squad as a group and characters do nothing for me yeah it's fine it's just i don't know if it deserves its own game like it you know like same with the movies it's just kind of like there's some great characters in there but do they do they warrant their own thing and that's hard for me to 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 believe like uh you know even like the second suicide suicide squad movie that that james gunn did i felt like it was much better but was still kind of like i don't care yeah i (laughs) didn't care care. it was a better Uh, film but yeah i don't care yeah and the game like you know i love like harley quinn and uh you know but she's great in other things like let's play some injustice (laughs) or some or some batman Mm -hmm. um so yeah I'm, i'm pretty skeptical there um what do you think? What are your thoughts? Do you, are you a Diablo player? What do you think about Diablo 4? Diablo 2 is the pinnacle for me. 3 didn't do much for me, but I finished it because I love the Necromancer so much. <laughs> I feel compelled to just run through them, but as a mainstay in terms of a game that I will run through and, and min-max with stuff, it is. Uh, I think Diablo, I'm done with that in terms yep. of a, a game. I think it's going to be... Well, it's hard to say. Like... Blizzard's track record lately is not good. I know. It looks good, but yeah, their track record is bad. I like that it's going darker. It has much more of a Diablo 2 feel to it than 3 did um, from what we've seen, and that's good. But yeah, they're you're right. They're 
their track record is is pretty bad these days. You, you really can't get up. You, you really shouldn't get optimi- optimistic about anything coming out of Blizzard right now. No, especially uh, how they handled Diablo 3's release with that marketplace, and then they did away with it all those years later. Oh God, I think yeah. was, Diablo 3 ended up in a good place, but people sort mm-hmm. of forget how that started. It was one of the many- worst launches of a video game that I can remember. Yeah. It was an absolute disaster. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully we don't get any of that nonsense this time. But, you know, we've just got Overwatch 2 and it's kind of a disaster. And <laughs> it's just... What a drop off for us. Oh, a, a game that I absolutely adored. And I was, even though I had my apprehensions about 2, we talked about this to mm-hmm. the point where I just, I deleted it and never thought about it again. Yeah. Yeah, when I, I I played a little the other day, and I was just like, eh, I don't know. I'll just play more Valorant. I like Valorant. Mm-hmm. That's a fun mm-hmm. game. Been playing that a lot. Um, then there's you know June is kind of a stacked month, even though there's only a few games coming out. They're all big ones because there's Street Fighter Six, Diablo Four, and then Final Fantasy Sixteen. That one I'm really looking forward to. You know, oh, I'm are you? Huge. I'm not a huge Final Fantasy. It, it really depends on the game for me. This one looks right up my alley because it's very it's much more medieval focused. More of the fantasy and no car that you drive around. Yes. I'm not into the car driving in a Final Fantasy game. Um, but this one really does look good. So I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm going to play it. Uh, that's exciting because yeah. I, that's like if you were going to do the whole thing, what are you anticipating the most? It's And it's funny because Final Fantasy Slate for 2023 is big because the next iteration of Final Fantasy VII Remake is supposed to be coming out they, they mm. listed as winter uh final fantasy 7 remake rebirth yeah uh, whether that makes it or not i don't know if i have to bet i would say it gets pushed to like march of 2024 but if it comes out in winter i'll love it but if you had if i had to pick 16 all day long yeah the people that are in charge of this game i trust implicitly uh, everything about this game, every time I see it, I almost get like the shivers down my spine. <laughs> I think this thing game is going to be like jaw dot droppingly awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. I don't think I think it's a can't miss. It's hit every single note. It's not suffering from any of the problems this franchise has suffered from from Final <laughs> Fantasy Eleven to modern day. Uh, if you if you think about it, ever since Final Fantasy Ten. <sighs> All those years ago, Final Fantasy has had delays, 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 issues in development with their mainline games. It seems like they've had a real hard time figuring out what they want to do with the franchise. That too. In a lot of ways. Like, what is Final Fantasy? What's the identity of this property anymore? Like, uh, I know 14 has been a hit, but that's a hit that came after a total reboot and revamp of of what that game was going to be. If we want to talk about worst launches in gaming history, you'd be hard-pressed to think of one worse than Final Fantasy 4. Yeah. And 15 so got pretty good reviews. Yeah. yeah, but 15 to me was just not, I just could not get into it to save my life. And so, yeah, it just feels like like 16 sort of is, and I'm nowhere near as big a fan of the franchise as you, but even for me, it sort of feels like this maybe like return to form. It's exciting. It's, I love the setting. It looks just like a cool story. I don't I don't know much about it really other than you know watching some trailers uh but well and that it's totally racist we talked about that you know it's, oh, yeah. it's so you know, racist so racist um but uh 
yeah, I'm excited for that one. And it feels like an event type game. Yeah, yeah, say. totally. And I think it's going to be this this resurgence. Although Final Fantasy is in a good place, I do rethink. I, I think it's going to come back and take that that JRPG crown that yeah. it's a lot of people attribute to it, but it's sort of been under contention. So yeah. Yeah, you're right. Final Fantasy is not in a bad place. I mean, the Final Fantasy VII remake was good, um, and the uh, the four, you know the the MMO is has been one of the most successful MMOs ever made. Um, but yeah, it needs it needs a it needs a boost still. And I think yeah, I'm hoping that that will be it. Uh, and it's a good time too. Although June is looking like a, a busy mm-hmm. month, I think I love these summer releases. I hate it when everything's stacked into the winter and it just gets so busy. So. And we get a little time, like, I feel like every month there's something like, like there's Hogwarts Legacy and Atomic Heart this month. There's this dead, wanted dead game. Have you heard yeah. of that? No. It's like, um, I got, I just was looking at it a little bit. It's, it's from the makers of Ninja Gaiden and Dead or Alive. Uh, okay. It looks really interesting. You should look it up. Wanted Dead. It comes out on the 14th. I'll look um, into it. Yeah, and then and then Hogwarts Legacy, Atomic Hearts, plenty to stay busy with in February. In March, there's Wolong Island Dynasty. There's uh, what else is there in March? Fight Resident Evil Four remake. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about we didn't that. Talk about that. Twenty twenty three is now is is supposed is shaping up to be the year that twenty twenty two was supposed to be. Right, there's well, a lot every month. Starfield. Yeah, well, I'm not counting Starfield until. It's in my exactly. hands because, exactly. uh, and I'm I'm also super skeptical about that game. So, so. but I mean, uh, a lot, everything is riding on that game really for Xbox, and they can't afford oh, yeah. to pass it up. So we'll see what they do. But there's something every month through June, and then there's a lot of like to be to be announced dates after that. Oh, yeah, there's so, so it's many gonna like be a, a, a year. Yeah, oh, yeah, we can't even cover all that. Just so I'm much. actually intimidated because I know I'm not going to have the time. And I nope. actually haven't minded the last two years in terms of game releases. I've been able to hit those 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 games and cover a little bit more without my backlog just ballooning, uh, even though it's massive and un- yeah, it's always- insurmountable <laughs> now. Uh, 2023 is just going to hit me in the face. And, it's yeah. going to be tricky. Oh, you know what? Another one that I need to start. I've got all, I've got all these. Is uh, High on Light or was it? Not high on life. Sorry, it's um, it's uh, what is that one that just came out? The game on? that just shadow High dropped. Hi-Fi Rush. Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah. That's what I was. High on life is the just. I've heard nothing but like good things. And yeah, it looks awesome. You can keep talking about like six. Hours. It's only six hours, and this thing, fucking good. Great. That sounds awesome. I can play that. <laughs> and you played on your Steam I always. <laughs> I wrote about this years ago, and I got you know, a lot of people gravitated. But bigger is rarely better with video games. We. Yep. Give me a six to fourteen hour game, and this push to make these games so big and fill them with this meandering bloat that oftentimes, bottom line is, most of these games do nothing to justify their size and 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 length. Well, right. Not everyone's from software. Not everyone can make yep. a, a big sprawling game, and even From has trouble with that. Sometimes. Exactly. I was going to say you know? that. I, it like a good writer, everyone needs an editor. Yep. Uh, uh, films today are mostly too long. At um, least 20 to 30 them, minutes. Yep. Some of them I wish I could have more of, but and director's cuts are there for that, but a lot of games could use some of that chop too. Absolutely. Uh, it just depends. Why not? Every scenario. 
Yeah. Like, save some for a sequel or some, <laughs> some DLC or whatever. Like, I just don't need that. You know, and that's why, I guess that's why I gravitate to multiplayer shooters and stuff. I, you know, I love the fact that in a Call of Duty game, I play a six-hour campaign. Done with that. Now I can play multiplayer with my friends. I can play as yeah. much or as little of that as I want. No, there's no just excess fat. Uh, and and so, yeah, six-hour game, great. If it's really good, hopefully they make a sequel or they release some DLC. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. So it's close, what's the what's the Call of Duty game for this year? Have they announced? Uh, they have not announced. The rumor is, so it's kind of hard to parse. The, the, the rumor initially was that there will be no new Call of Duty game this year, that they are giving a two-year support line to Modern Warfare 2. But the more recent rumor is that there will be a second part of Modern Warfare 2 released this year. So you'll okay. get like a full-sized expansion to Modern Warfare 2 that has like more campaign, more okay. multiplayer and you and for for purchase. So that's what I'm going with because that makes sense because as Call of Duty becomes more of a game uh, like a uh, live service game, supporting it for 2 years makes sense, but Activision doesn't want to lose all those sales, so releasing a second part to this game that that still integrates with the game makes a lot of sense. So that that's smart. what I'm expecting. Yeah, it does seem smart. That way, like all the shit people buy, all the skins and everything else, they can keep using for two years, but they can still buy more, and Activision yeah. can still make all that money. Uh, so that's probably um, I like that. That's yeah, I like that too. I think it's smart. Um, I, I think they can't just keep releasing a new game every year that just totally changes everything and, and ends everybody's experience with the, the previous game because it's live service and it's, that's crazy. That's just not how you run it. Um, and I don't think you're getting the best games when you're pushing that. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. We've seen it with sports games. They've oh yeah. all of them have gotten worse, especially oh yeah. with the demands on development. It's just so hard to, to hit this. And, and even if you're not this big call of duty person, you cannot deny these games don't, they don't sell just because of a name, you know. They're right. still great. Well, they're easy. They're accessible. Less, less, but the the series can always bounce back, and mm -hmm. you know it's really hard to achieve that annually. It's better if you can diversify what you're doing and get your best teams focused on making the best product rather than right. saying and supporting that product. That. Yeah. yeah. Well, one thing about sports games that I've noticed, well, what I would love to see is a return to simplified sports games that are accessible to everybody because they're just yeah. so much bloat in sports games now. Like just, I just would, I would go back in time and play some of these games before they got so overly complicated and like the focus wasn't on gameplay anymore. It's on like all the extraneous stuff. Like well, I just, 2K I, ruined themselves with the, oh yeah, all the things and, and the game has suffered. EA too. EA for sure. EA is just falling apart. Yeah. Um, so let's re 2023 in a bow. We're super excited for. Is there any other things that you know stand out to you or? Um, well, not in the games department, really. I think we've covered. You know, I, obviously, there's going to be a lot more coming out in the second half of the year. But mm -hmm. through June, yeah, we've got a great lineup of games. I'm my goal also is to play more of these <laughs> games as they yeah. come out. I I have this problem where it's like I'll be busy with so much stuff other stuff and then then it's like okay the game's been out now like this is my problem with god of war ragnarok now i need to go back and play it but now i'm like well now i've got dead space and i've yeah. got this and i've got that and i it all stacks up and you get so i'm gonna be like okay pick one game a month this is my goal pick one game a month 
and play the crap out of it. <laughs> and yeah, that's so 2023. That's, finish yeah. more games. Finish more games, or at least and, you know, we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk I, about the other exciting stuff. You know, TV and film and other episodes. I'm yeah. I'm a touch pressed for time. Yeah, yeah. Let's wrap it. And, but we're still we're almost an hour and thirty in. So that's that's a good show. Yeah, to me. A, I like the the the. I don't, I'm not the three hour podcast kind of. No, guy. I don't like, like it either. You know. <laughs> like a good game, sometimes it can earn that length. But Absolutely. podcasts around the hour and a half mark to me, that's the sweet spot. Totally. And we've I, hit that. Hell yeah! And I'll just have one last thing: E3 is dead because they got rid of Booth Babes. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Everyone likes Booth Babes. <laughs> Listen, Eric. I'm glad we could do this and put this together. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna go let my baby scream at me, poop on Good me. Good idea. All right. Always fun. All Cheers, right, man. Buddy. Thanks. Cheers. Okay.